We must admit that the Pharisee was impressive morally. He was, in fact, just as he said, not at all like other people, fasting twice a week and giving a tenth of all that he had in offerings. The problem was that that doesn't mean he was without sin. And this is the part of salvation that often throws so many people. While someone might be highly moral, that doesn't mean they are without sin. And unless we're without sin, we are in need of God's mercy. In this week's sermon, Pastor Kelly preached on Luke 18, 9 to 14, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Today we'll be discussing questions around these verses and more. Stay tuned from Glen Allen Bible Church in Matt Marone. I'm John Vanderveld. I'm Beth Moss. And I'm Kelly Brady. And this is almost episode number 200 of the Next Level Podcast. It's episode 199. That wasn't confusing at all. What's up? <laughs> Just say the we're, number, we're man. Almost <laughs> <at>. <laughs> we'll hit a thousand one of these days soon. <laughs> Somebody texted into the Mojo text line, hey, at episode number 200, we're all wearing our T-shirts. How do I hashtag it? What's the hashtag I use? And I, I texted back, hashtag making fun of Kelly. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Does hey, Sunday was fun. Did y'all see all the seniors back in worship? It was like senior day at the ballpark where they all got in free or something. <laughs> it was really, they were also, their eyes were tear-filled. Mm. They were so excited to be here. It's, apparently, they had all spoken and said, hey, let's get back to church today, you know, together. I was wondering, so it 14 was... 14 months. There was something, wow. and then there yes. was something yeah. it was, more or less organized. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so in third service, I saw six or seven of them sitting together, and I said, mm -hmm. gave them kind of a shout out, saying, "It's so good to see you guys. Well done." So that was a lot of fun. Last week or two weeks ago, it was college seniors, and this week it was senior seniors. <laughs> seniors. I know it took me a second to figure out which seniors you were talking <laughs> about. Uh, I know seniors in high school, senior, <laughs> senior celebration at youth group this yes. uh, at wow. Reckless. Okay. Speaking of seniors, eighth grade. Promotion mm -hmm. wow. in recess. I don't have an eighth grader, but I think that's what they call it. Right I now. think so. Yeah. So. What are you finding with the now you've got different distinctions for each service? There's mask mandatory, like a hybrid, right? And then a hybrid. Optional. Like Is that what you're calling now. them? I hate <laughs> We're doing hybrid soccer and we're doing hybrid school. <laughs> no! Hybrid mask wearing. <laughs> What are you seeing? Do, are you seeing a, a blend of, yeah. of what's happening? Uh, yeah, we are. People okay. come into all three. The last service of the day is always the least number of people, mm -hmm. mostly because of timing and yeah. there's, and there's no children. It's not because late. of the regulations. Yeah. It's yeah. just and right. no children's ministry. Sure. So it's yeah. only those who don't have, right. who aren't using children's ministry. But speaking of children's ministry, and in the third service, we just finished up Created by God. Yeah. And that we were holding in the third service. Um, so that was the only children's ministry happening down there. Another yeah. great How'd that another go? Great group. Yeah. It was any, great. Any highlights? You know, any it's, awkward questions yeah, that are appropriate well, to there's, share? There's and that's always, what I mean by highlights. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's always some funny questions. And What's and the thing called that you put all the things? The, the, question the wonder box? box? The, the wonder the girls? box. I wonder. Yes. The, the girls girl. is the wonder box, and the boys is the mailbox, the M-A-L-E, oh, hey. Ma like a play on words there. So I don't know any of their questions. You know, I, I missed the first couple weeks of Created by God this year because we were out with COVID, um, but got to do the last 
last two. It's different like everything else, you know, being spaced out. Usually we're we're all kind of piled together yeah. in this little room talking. Community and time. Yeah, yeah, it does feel very community time. This is yeah. how many what years did you, did you do been doing year? this? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. What? Last year, the last was it a day, Zoom last um, year? Or? No, the last day of Created by God was March eighth of we last year, which okay. is the was our last. Okay, Sunday. it usually starts at the end of yeah. January, okay. and it's usually six February. weeks. So this week, this year, we did four weeks only. Um, this Kelly, you were asking how many years? I think two thousand five, maybe it was when I started. Wow! And I took a couple years when we were off helping to. Could uh, be sixteen start. years we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it had been going. A, the, they definitely are, show are that, it. You, that Absolutely, old. those videos were old when we started. They're, I mean, they're wonderful content, but yeah. they really need to update it, or we need to figure Maybe out something. Maybe it's like fashion; it's just going to come back around again. <laughs> well, yes, like we've big seen jeans. we've seen the Not fashion. So excited about that right now. Well, yes, those are what? in the Created by the God big video. Jeans, big jeans that no longer have to wear skinny jeans. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Don't I. Kelly's, Kelly's like, like, I, I never wore them. skinny jeans. <laughs> I was working so hard to pick us up say. I could finally fit in them. <laughs> I thought all jeans were skinny jeans. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I thought we were supposed to wait and make fun of Kelly next week. <laughs> oh, I have this pair of overalls that I wear when I'm mowing my lawn and whatnot. Sherry's worst nightmare overalls? is that I'll, that I'll actually one day fit in them. That I'm going to grow oh, to fit into the overalls. Yeah. <laughs> they're huge. They're, they're huge. They're, I don't know why they're huge. I was going to say, is that... <laughs> why do you, I feel like you need to wear your overalls in Next Level Podcast <laughs> shirt next week. You have to wear, like, shorts under the... Okay. Okay. Now we know why you're not allowed to wear them in the front yard. (laughs) The overalls are for gardening. Because you can get get all your tools in the front pocket. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. It's fun. I have a pair of overalls, but they're they're like winterized. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. So it's beginning of May. Is everyone's gardens finally in? Yeah. No. Ours. Ours is a yes. Dude, my Mm -hmm. garden is rocking. It is absolutely rocking. So. (laughs) I don't the know. The man if I'm with free time. This year. <laughs> <laughs> I have no time. No, this spring uh-uh. is crazy. Chaos. In the best chaos. way, though, I'm I'm so thankful that things yeah. are starting to open yeah. up. It's like we didn't have a diet of activities for a long time, and now mm-hmm. it's like gluttonous every night. <laughs> Something to do. Yeah, it's just. I mean, everything is yeah. back and full and mm-hmm. trying to cram it in right to a shorter multiple things yeah to a shorter so high school mm-hmm. sports are all crammed into these and then you got kids sports and it's yep. fun fun it's all good you ready all right let's get into some questions the first question oh my this is going to be long i apologize i grew up in a church that was constantly encouraging good behavior in order to honor christ But what I heard was that I needed to behave in order for God to love you. Your thesis yesterday that receiving and enjoying God's grace is what makes Christians distinctive was radical for me. It made sense of so many conflicting realities for me. For example, I've always struggled with whether Christianity has anything to offer well-behaved Hindus and Muslims. Now I understand that everyone needs God's grace no matter how well they behave because no one is perfect. But what are we to tell our children? 
I keep telling them what I was told by my parents to behave in order to honor God, but I don't want them to hear what I heard. I'm afraid that they will not understand grace like I did, but I'm also at a loss about how to discipline them. Help. I want them to know God's grace. That's a great question. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Would the just do it because I said so work here? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what for the some children, me it works <laughs> perfectly. For other children, it does not. Because oh. it's the right thing to do. It's interesting. I know you're gathering your thoughts. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because Carrie and I have actually had, uh, especially as the kids got a little bit older, um, Com- like something will happen, like, you know, we kid gets in trouble or we discover something that we need to address or talk about. And we'll actually have, have had a couple conversations where we'll say, you know what, it, it isn't going to be good in this situation to talk about how this makes God feel. Or look. Do, yeah. Right. Or like, do you, this ruins your witness or, you know, whatever, <laughs> which, I mean, let's be real, that happens. Parents mm-hmm. use that, you know, yeah. but like just let's just keep that kind of out of the conversation. It's always a part of everything in our our family life. It's not like anybody's going to be, Oh wait, dad thinks that we should honor God, (laughs) you know, or if he didn't bring it up this one time, he's given up on it. This doesn't matter to God anymore, you know, but sometimes when you weave that in, I, or, or make it primary, I think, you know, you get into this kind of situation where it can actually give a bad picture of God and who he is and, you know, or it it can turn your, your children against wanting to follow God. If that's what this means, you know, is God this sort of, um, he's always watching, he's going to catch me looking to hit, you know, and pound whatever bad behavior is going on. So we'll, we've talked a few times just like, Hey, let's let's in this conversation that we got to have, which is not going to be super fun. Let's let's make it about what's going on, and let's you know not. And then of course we pr- we always pray with our kids when there's those kinds of incidents and you know stuff that we need to work on. But it was interesting. This person brought it up. I was thinking about that yesterday. I in parent, I, in I think I think a lot of Christian parents use the what kind of witness are you being? Yeah. Uh, Especially as the kids get into like that, that um, fifth, sixth, mm -hmm. and then up into high school. Yeah. um, You know, you know, everybody's watching you. And when you behave like that, you know, that's hard. That's that's a hard. And there's there's truth there. I mean, there is. But. It's not, a good found, it's not a good foundation. It's, it's a not. hard spot yeah. to put your kid in. We know. Yeah. We usually talk about. Um, we don't. We hardly ever talk about honoring God, and it's almost slipped out a couple times. Like, man, God doesn't want you to do that, you know. Yeah. But we always talk about, like, look, in you know, we read our Bible. God has rules for us, and these rules are for your good and your flourishing. If you go against these rules, if you break them, things are going to be really tough for you. Yeah. We don't tell them like, don't do it. We just, I mean, we do, but not in that way. We just yeah. say, if you if you choose to go the other way, if you are mean to your brother, if you do tell lies, if you do be, if you are a pest and those things are going to become your part of your character and it's gonna be harder to get those things out. And your life is going to be a lot more difficult. And those choices you make are going to have consequences. And they're going to affect other people too. Yeah, like, right. like right now we're not going outside because you're doing, you know, it's right. like, right. yeah. So we usually talk about it in, in terms of that. Yeah. I, I'll never forget, you know, uh, raising kids as a pastor often feel felt 
like kind of a double-edged sword burden because I get up front on Sundays and I tell everybody uh, about uh, what it means to follow Christ. And there's often behavioral elements to what yeah, right. Uh, to, to what's, and so they see me telling uh, the public or the church um, about behaviors, and then I go home and and they hear me telling them about behaviors. I often felt like it was really kind of hard. Um, so I I I remember uh, finally it, it occurred to me, you know, um, much of the discipline that goes on in the household for children is not uniquely Christian. Humanists yeah. are telling their kids the same thing uh, for different reasons, albeit, but Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists, they're telling their kids, don't hit your sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they're saying, don't cheat, don't lie, don't steal. I mean, that's, it's, so I, I remember <laughs> I said to my son once, hey, this has nothing to do with following Christ. This has to do with just being a decent human. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a good person right. is what I want you to be. Right. And, and what you want to be. I, I might have overst- I might have said something like, this isn't primarily about being a Christian. It's about just being a nice person. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and I, for me, that really helped that the, the realization that everybody in the Western suburbs is trying to raise uh, well-behaved, polite kiddos. And, and so there's a, I think there's actually a lot of room here just to say, I like what you said, or John, you said, I like what both of you said, but I, many times I'll say to my kids, it ain't going to go well for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you pull these stunts, just FYI, broader society isn't excited about including people like, that behave like that yeah. in their friend groups. Right. It's just not going to go well for you. And if we spiritualize it, and, and don't get me wrong, I certainly did, I would say things like, uh, like a long mass, joy, the greatest joy in son or daughter, I, I really want you to be full of joy. The greatest joy is in building your life on the rock of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he, he was a tremendous ethicist and he's got stuff to say about turning the other cheek and doing unto others. And, but I would talk just about the joy that is ahead for those who follow Jesus. The, he's the wise, some people say the wisest way to live is mm-hmm. to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. One of the most helpful things in our parenting is, uh, and it comes from having a, a Christian worldview is, okay, so you know that they're, you know, sinful, fallen, <laughs> that their hearts are going to want to do things contrary just from day one, like mm. they're, they're, they're that way. And not everybody has that worldview, right? Yeah, um, you don't have to teach kids to sin. No. You have to teach them that sin's not good for them. Yeah, and you have to teach them not, my, yeah, my point was going to be like you, it's as parents, if you, especially as Christian parents, if you can remind yourself of your Christian worldview that they are fallen and sinful, then you can check your expectations at the door when you're parenting, when you come to the parenting table and you can remind yourself that uh, they're not going to just know the, the right thing to do. And that's, I think, something that can be, uh, that can be an origin of frustration is like, why aren't you doing this? Why don't do that? Don't do that. And it's like, okay, you need to tell them what to do because they actually don't know the right thing to do in that situation. As adults, we put that on them like, you should know, you should know. But the Christian worldview tells us like, no, they shouldn't know. They're sinful, little, you know, Mm -hmm. 
Hellions. Precious. Oh, wait. Not that. <laughs> I, I had like the, the Rolodex of words Which was just one? going. <laughs> I was like, it's um, a joke, everybody listening. Just it was actually the best piece of advice. One of the best piece of advice that I got when I had newborn babies, my sister-in-law said to me, I was like, they're just, I don't know, I was complaining about how they're acting or I didn't know what to do in a situation. And she was like, they're just little sinners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And totally. I was like, yeah. it was like, to your point, it was actually a really great realization. They're, they're like these sweet little babies, but they're sinners. Oh, like yeah. it kind of shaped my worldview. The first interaction they're going to have mm-hmm. is that's mine. Right. right? Like, that's one so of the kind first. Of remembering that actually offers a lot of freedom and then we we don't have to spiritualize everything mm-hmm. kind of to your point right. a lot of discipline when they're younger even when they're older can just be natural consequences yeah. so we always tried to fall on the natural consequences side of things yeah we actually made a point occasionally when it seemed appropriate to like even when they deserved a punishment we would say we're going to show you some grace in this mm-hmm. and we would kind of like if it seemed like the right situation where they would understand it, we were saying, like, we're going to just, we're going to give you some grace in this, just the way that Jesus showed grace to us. Yeah. As a, a reminder, it helps me to not get so angry, um, is just to remind, remind myself, I need to tell them what to do mm-hmm. instead of just tell them, no, don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. do that. I yeah. need to lead first with, hey, how about this instead of that? And mm-hmm. then you can go into the, right. usually that helps me with my frustration, you know, and why helping them understand, you know, right. here's why this is the way. And I, I think it can be tempting or I've seen a lot of parents who will sort of use the, the scriptural part almost passive aggressively, like, a, like as a fear, t- like tactic. Yeah. And that can be really damaging. Um, yeah. It can. Uh, you know, <laughs> you just broke the sixth commandment. You just <laughs> broke the eighth commandment, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, but. I find that parents are often afraid Mm -hmm. to um, talk about grace, to extend grace. Uh, And I don't know that that they would say this, but they have this kind of visceral, well, if I'm too nice, then what would motivate them to obey me? And, And I don't think there's any competition between grace and discipline in the home. So we actually know from Titus that it's, it's God's grace that teaches us to say no to ungodliness in worldly path. It's Titus 2.11. The grace of God's appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. It's actually the experience of God's love for me despite my sinfulness, his grace extended, that woos me into an obedient lifestyle. And I think we can... Our home should be microcosms of that experience where we're extending grace. Beth, I love what you said. You'll actually enunciate, hey, we're going to extend you some grace here. You're going to get to go out, you know, and take the car, even though, whatever. You know, I'm afraid, and we have it, it happens here all the time. Uh, Young parents will show up with their first kid or their second kid, very young, and they'll say, Essentially, we're looking for some moral education for our children. And, and that's not what the church should be about, primarily. They'll certainly get morality in the church. But the church is actually about uh, formulating a worldview in which we see ourselves and help our kids see themselves as sinners in need of God's grace. And the reason is you can't discipline someone into heaven. In, in, hell will be full of disciplined 
people, well-behaved and polite folks. And, and, and that surprises people um, that you, you, the goal of parenting isn't actually, in fact, Paul writes that we're to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It, Paul doesn't say actually that you're to teach them to be polite, uh, well-behaved. No, there's this, the admonition of the Lord is, is this worldview in which we see ourselves as sinners in dire need of forgiveness. That is the primary message we're to get across. We should actually be communicating the gospel more than behavior modification. Mm -hmm. yeah. One of the things that's helpful, helpful for us is, um, and we talk about it a lot, is that we, and hopefully we model this, because if you model it, it's easier for your kids to, you know, to believe it. Um, it's just that we, we answer to, we tell our kids, like, mom and dad, we, we answer to God. God is over us. He's in charge of us. And he's also... He's also, you're, you're, you're God's, you're not ours, you're God's, but God has put us in charge of you for a time. Mm -hmm. And so X, Y, Z, 30 years, ABC, 40 years. Or what, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Hopefully not. <laughs> 35 years old, living in the basement. 18, no. baby. <laughs> That's why I bought a house with no basement. <laughs> One eight. No, but they actually seem to respond to that pretty well. I think when they see that you are um, submitting, submitting to something, right. that you're not mm -hmm. the ultimate authority. Just, you are just, an authority, but you're not. they're just mad at God because of the way that you treated them. <laughs> Thanks, God, for giving me them. Mm -hmm. That's great. <laughs> right, question two. Next question. Okay, this is going to sound really shallow. But I've got to be honest. I, I love the preference. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Prefaces yeah. to all the questions today. Um, I want God's grace, and I know I need God's grace. But what can we take pride in with regard to our behavior? In other words, what about ourselves can we feel good about if not our behavior? I love this. Mm -hmm. I felt this. <laughs> because if when when you read Is this the, your no, question. No, when you. <laughs> When you read the New Testament closely, you realize that everything we have, we've received from God, and yeah. apart from him, we can do zip. And there's nothing you can brag about. There's In fact, nothing. there's a verse that actually right. says <laughs> you cannot brag about anything. Do not boast. Right. Yeah. But boast in the Lord. Boast in what God has done. <laughs> the des careful here is what I want to say, because the desire to take pride in your behavior will set you up for a terrible fall. Yeah. I understand the desire to feel good about ourselves, but delight should not be in our morality, our behavior, our achievement, our credentials, our any of that for any number of reasons. For example, we're never as moral as we think we are. So the minute we start feeling good about ourselves, uh, we're headed for a fall. Uh, but we also shouldn't, because whatever is, whatever is actually good in the world stems from God's character, his, his common grace. Everything we meet with in the world that's, that's good is a reflection of the person of God. And so our response shouldn't be clamoring for a sense of value in our behavior, but our response to all the good that we do or experience in the world should be one of worship, should be an overwhelming uh, celebration yep. of the kindness of God. So... We should feel good ultimately about God's delight in us. I was meeting with somebody just the other just yesterday, and this person struggles with some shame issues, and and just trying to root and 
my, my worldview, frankly, pivoted the minute I realized God knew me before I was born and made me anyway. He knew me before I was born, Jeremiah remarks, about having been called even in the womb to his ministry. So God knew before I was born, made me because he delights in me. So what should I take pride in? What should I celebrate? What should I feel good about if everything I have is a gift and, and everything good I'm experiencing in the world is from God? We should feel good that God delights in us. And we should focus not on looking for ego boosts, but on, on worship opportunities. We should know that God delights in us. He loves us. And we should look for opportunities to enjoy all that he's given us. So if you're a moral person, then you're enjoying the easy yoke and the light burden that goodness brings. If you're a moral person, you're enjoying the stability of a house built on the rock. Remember the storms come and blow, but don't knock it down. You, so you're enjoying the benefits of God's goodness at work in you. And so I would turn from trying to find things that you, for which your ego can feel good and instead place your emphasis on enjoying the delight of God as he's growing you. Like an example would be like, you look back at yesterday and you think like, oh man, I, I didn't do that sin. I didn't participate in that. I didn't, that I was better yesterday than I was the day before. Praise God, right? right the next right. few words out of your mouth, right? Like, right. And, and I think, all right, so, you know, I have a doctorate. It took me a fair bit of time. I was in grad school 20 years. It took me a fair bit. It would be easy for me to reach around and pat myself on the back. Well, first of all, there are a lot of people that have doctorates. But, but second of all, the opportunity uh, and the ability to go to school Total gift, total gift. And so instead of our flesh desires, it desires to, to exalt in self. And, and that is such a trap because the minute I, I start exalting in my doctorate, I, I meet somebody who has a PhD. My doctorate's a, a particular type of doctorate. It's a uh, vocational doctorate. It's not a philosophical doctorate. That's a PhD. And a philosophical doctorate is, is more academic. I always feel kind of quasi-stupid <laughs> around people with PhDs. <laughs> My point is, yeah. that's a double-edged sword the minute we, we want to glory in our flesh and our achievements. Instead, there's so much freedom in saying, what a joy. The Lord let me go to graduate school and gave me the resource to do it for 20 years and a wife that's patient enough to put up with that mm -hmm. and on and on and on. So just a lot of freedom. There's a lot of freedom in focusing our energy on how much God delights in us. Yeah. Like what you said about celebration a minute ago, that's what made me think about yeah. just celebrating, you know, getting over sin, conquering sin. Mm -hmm. Like, cause I think if you don't take the time to celebrate God's moving in your life and you're growing, um, you know, it can just turn into a, something that could end up, end up being a little dangerous. Like if you don't, cause man, this, the celebration is the consummation of the joy. You know, it's like the joy fulfilled. Joy working itself out. Yeah. Outward expression. Yeah. 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 There's something, you know, to kind of weave in here is how, how do we be encouraged though? I mean, mm. beyond just, you know, there's, there's even in scripture talks about, you know, spur one another on, you know, encourage each other in good deeds and loving good deeds. Like mm -hmm. there's, there's something, 
I, I, th- I understand what you're saying, but there's something to um, that can turn fleshly clearly in our behavior. But there's also something to be said about wanting to to be motivated. And, you know, when you have gains, you should you should there should be some form of of um, growth you feel and experience, which is good. Right. Absolutely. I and I mean, we tell you tell kids like when something when they achieve something or or, um, you know, good, go more yeah. of that <laughs> yeah. is what you want. You know, not to, to those who are faithful in a little. They're yeah. entrusted with oh, that's, more. That's great. Yeah. They're rewarded. Yeah. And it, ironically, and the world doesn't understand this, the reward for faithfulness is more opportunity to work. Mm. Yeah. In America, the reward for faithfulness is vacation. Mm-hmm. And we have to be really careful there. We have, we have whole generations that are looking to stop being productive. The, the American dream is margaritas and hammocks. And that's contra-biblical. So... I, I love what you say. I'm with you there. So there's just, there's something. When our kids are faithful to take out the garbage every week, I'm going to pay yeah. them their whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Or to Matt's point, like, especially if you're struggling with something that you're trying to. You clear a hurdle. Yeah. You, cl- you know, um, you sh- it's not like you can't feel good about yourself. Right. I would, f- I would, I would say I feel good about what God is doing in me. And sure. I take a lot of joy in that. Yeah. And I'm so pumped. I'm not repeating the sin that I (laughs) did yesterday, that type of thing. Right. Well, because it also feels good when other people say, hey, I I noticed that, man. Good job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we've all been around Christians that are like, oh, it wasn't me. It was God. And it's like, man, just take the compliment, dude. (laughs) Right. Right. Come on, man. Totally. (laughs) I'm kind of with you on that. Like, the celebration for me is a big thing. Like, I like to celebrate when something happens. I like to to mark the moment. I say to people all the time, uh, and I don't mean to over-spiritual, I say, I thank God for you. Because I see in you, uh, like, a gifting, an expertise, a wisdom that he's working in you. We can feel good about it. We can Mm -hmm. certainly feel good about the fact the Lord's working in us. We should feel. It's that delight. We should should be delighted that he delights in us and uses us. Yeah, which I think, you know, there are... When you find your sweet spot, you know, you feel like, okay, God's got me in my sweet spot here. And instead of being like, I deserve this, I worked hard for it, acknowledging that, you know, God made me this way. He gave me these giftings, and he's giving me the opportunity to use them. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next question. If folks in other religions are moral, doesn't that mean they have some of God's light in their religions? What are we to make of this? That seems counterintuitive to me. You know, I do meet with a lot of people who want, want to say Christianity has, um, or to say that there is no good in, in any of the other world religions. And it's, it's just not the case from my experience. So I'm not sure what the question asker means by God's light, but, but uh, perhaps they mean truth. But absolutely, other world religions have tr- some truth in them. Um, for example, all, you know, Hinduism, Buddhist, Muslim, uh, they, they condemn things like lying and cheating and stealing and murder, uh, which, you know, so there's a general ethic, uh, even humanism, right? They, they, they talk about the greater good. And so we're not going to lie, cheat and steal uh, or murder because we can't, we can't found a civil society on that. Uh, that's what a humanist would say. So, and they, they recognize, other world re- religions recognize these behaviors are contrary to human thriving. 
And so, sure, they might not give Yahweh the credit. They might not realize it's from Yahweh, but we describe this as general revelation. The grace or the truth of God made available to humanity, and, and it's accessible simply through observation. Kind of what goes up must come down. You know, the, the, the ethic of, you know, act in the greatest good is... Um, and so don't lie for that reason. That's, that's, a, that's the result of general revelation. Human thriving is, is not helped by lying or stealing. And we, I, we're, so we're free to acknowledge that there is truth, some truth in, in the other world religions. And I actually think we're foolish not to acknowledge it because we're missing lots of opportunities to segue in discussion. Um, Paul at the air, in, um, in the area of Apagus, Acts chapter 7, he, he takes an argument from the idolatry present there. And, and he says, I see that you have a statue, an idol to an unknown God. Let me tell you who that God is. So he uses their sincerity and their devotion, albeit in idolatry, as a jumping off point to talk about who the real God is. Kelly, would you say it's um, smart or advisable to study other religions? Or would, do you feel like that's... I do, yeah. I think it's, yeah. I, I don't... I don't see it as a problem. I, you know, I have known some people that kind of, they go, they can get kind of deep into it. So it depends on what you mean by study, mm. you know, so practice versus I wouldn't, right. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think Try I would incorporate parts of it into yeah. your life. Yeah. If you, there are some really dark parts of, you know, I, I said on Sunday, I got my, um, my COVID shot out at the BAPS Hindu temple on route 59. Well, on the on the it's this huge white I guess it's marble um, temple, and then on the outside of the temple are all these uh, sexual positions. Mm. Hinduism is steeped in human sexuality. Um, the Kama Sutra, like famous. you can see it driving by. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you'd have to have a keen eye. I mean, but they're huge figurines and all types of sexual positions. They're carved right into the the marble. Uh, very common on Hindu temples to celebrate fertility, that type of thing. Uh, but you know the 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 Kama Sutra, the position book that is so. Yeah, we're familiar. Okay. You can keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's 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 a Hindu. That's that's of Hindu origin. So my point is, there are some elements of world religions that you know you can end up down a rabbit hole. Yeah. I think of. Uh, you know, there, there have been a number of Christians that set out to, to study Satanism, and they get sucked into a lot of darkness. So it depends on what you mean by study, but absolutely, I think a, a generic study of world religions is really helpful. But to John's point, we don't have to practice to know that Christ is, is Yeah, Lord. that was a faith-strengthening exercise for me early on in the first few years of my faith, just reading through a book of all the world religion, well, a lot of the world religions, and... Mm -hmm reading of their origins and, you know, how they came to be. and Yeah, if I were going to start, I, I would just start with Hinduism, Buddhism, and Muslim, Islam, because you're, most Eastern religions are derivative of Hinduism or Buddhism. Right. And then you need to know Islam just because yeah. of its influence globally. Yeah. And probably Mormonism is probably a good yeah, spot to, to investigate to living in this country and just... Right. Yep, that's yep. fair. Jehovah's Witness would be fine. I, I kind of relegate them, and this won't be popular, I relegate them to cults um, because they wouldn't be happy with being described that way by any... Sure. But, 
They were, yeah. The book I read was Kingdom of the Cults. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, Which is it's a actually classic. a good read, but yeah. I, it's a little. You can envision it being offensive to a lot of people. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. I've known a lot of people that will go just. To your point here, there's a line in there of practice, but uh, we'll go the to the other uh, extreme. Rather than getting too close to the flame, so to speak, they go like they won't participate in anything or Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> Halloween or um, Halloween's about candy. Let's be to, clear. A, you know, uh, yoga. Right. You know, I remember when Wheaton started offering what's that word? Yoga that, in namaste. The, yeah. In the, <laughs> You know, um, I'm not advocating one way or other. If it's a struggle for you and you feel yoga is a struggle for me, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm saying if you if you feel like participating in it it is bad for your relationship with Jesus, well then fine, stay away from it. But um, you know what I mean? That can go crazy. You can go crazy with this, like all these different. You know, well this symbol comes from this, and did you know this symbol on this is this, and you're just like constantly trying to ward off that these evil religions that might infiltrate your mind. And I think that's another extreme that's probably not healthy. Well, in our, our kids often come away with the vibe that there's something to be afraid of out there. Mm -hmm. And that's not helpful to our kids. Our kids should know that, no, we're we're confident that Christ is Lord and, um, and he had, and scripture has answers. Um, for these uh, false religions. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the last question. Okay, so you quoted Gordon McDonald <laughs> at the opening of your sermon, so I've got to ask, what do you think of his leadership history? <laughs> there are lots of churches that would never have given him a second chance. Yeah, so the what was actually uh, offered to me here is there are, the, the churches I've been a part wouldn't even quote him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for those that were unfamiliar with Gordon McDonald, he, um, I'm not even sure he's alive anymore, is he? I don't know. Ah. In 1984, he was the leader of a church, um, Grace Chapel, and um, had an affair. And so he was caught um, in adultery and was uh, fired from his job. And then went through a long process of restoration and was then rehired by his church as the senior pastor again. And so it's, it is a, it's a, I'm going to say a, a biblical story, that being restoration. It's a beautiful story in which restoration actually happened and worked. And it's a, if you were to ask Gordon, he'd say, it's a difficult story. It was a hellish experience uh, to get entangled in sin and then to get disentangled from sin took him years and then to be restored. Um, I just... I think it's a great story of God's goodness. The notion, and many churches have this, unfortunately, it's one strike and you're out when you're in vocational ministry. And I just, that doesn't seem biblical by any stretch. In fact, Galatians 1.6 says, um, if you're entangled in sin, uh, if someone's entangled in sin, you who are spiritual, restore them, but be careful, lest you you too be tempted. Anyway, so restoration is... It is the message of the gospel. God's restoring us. He's helping us overcome uh, the sin that so easily entangles us. He's setting us free. And so this in this particular example is a, is a story of redemption and a story of you know God's mm-hmm. grace. Um, and so you quote him. You feel good about that. What about somebody who is like a, a Ravi to bring up someone Ooh, who's recent? You know, 
more and recent, yeah. and and the scope of it is like it's ugly. It's ugly, but also the scope of how many people he presented the gospel to, and probably who came to Christ through his ministries is yeah. Good I mean, uncountable. I like, think it's not a balance sheet, so, <laughs> right? Like, but, you had a so lot how of do you feel? How do, <laughs> how do you, all you guys feel about you know throwing up a quote from someone like that, or yeah. you know, like you know, I does would, it change? I would certainly. Right now, I'd be very hesitant to quote Robbie Zacharias publicly just because yep. you're preaching and it just throws all this dust. You won't get your listener back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most, most people, and if, you, if our listeners on the podcast are unaware, uh, Robbie Zacharias, after he passed away, um, uh, women came out of the woodwork is the best way to say it, accusing him. And now it's been verified um, that he was victimizing women some of whom were in his employment. And it, it goes as far as it appears, John, correct me if I'm wrong, that he participated in trafficking to an extent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I would be really cautious. I would not quote Robbie Zacharias yeah. right now just because the listener in the pew, would they'd be off on a tangent. Un- unavoidably, they'd be like, now how do I feel about Zacharias being quoted? Yeah. Is Kelly... So... Yeah. And largely... There are certainly some in our church that know Gordon McDonald in that story, but yeah. I mean, my I guess didn't. is the vast majority, right. um, you know, don't, um, especially the, the kind of the younger yeah. generation. It, it that, a, that actually might be true of Robbie Zacharias in you know, thirty years or something right. like that. When however long it was, we in have the 80, a, Gordon McDonald's was like early eighties. Yeah, eighty four, I think. Eighty four. Yeah. But when was he restored to his position? I'm going to say it was over a decade later. But and it I, wasn't for very long. He no, was he went and on then, and retired. And then he uh-huh. retired. It was, yeah. Did Mark you, Wilkerson's dad is I the know. pastor of that church now. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. Kelly, did you expect to get a question like this? I was keenly aware when I, when I quoted him that that could happen. And some would, would know yeah. what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you're, John, you're right. It, it was someone, it was an empty nester, you know. Yeah. The demographic that would probably remember his horrible years. Mm-hmm. He was a leader in the evangelical world. And leading, I'm, I'm going to guess, the largest church on the East Coast at that time. Mm-hmm. And a prolific author, speaker, you know, doing the whole national circuit thing yeah. at the time of his. He's written a lot mm-hmm. since that, that time, kind of re... Revisiting and talking about how he was healed. Yeah, yeah. Is he the emotional, emotionally healthy spirituality? No, that's Scorsese. Oh, okay. I forget how you say it. You know, I just listened to a, a Piper podcast a couple of days ago, and the question was about Ravi Zacharias, and the question was to him, like, how are you processing it? How should we be processing this? What do you do with the the good that he did, but then also the, you know, um, and this is an this is obvious, but um, yeah, Piper said something about like. You know, we're quick to um, write off like people like that, but then we read our Bible and we read people like about David, and we think about how he was a you know man after God's own heart, and like they, and then he just listed all the things that David was and that he did. Ugly, it was ugly, like, ugly. It was just a reminder, like, oh yeah, he did do all those things. Gosh, yeah, yeah. man. But man, I'm glad David wasn't canceled. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, but yeah. wow, he did some terrible things. Yeah. And I, you know what? I think if our pulpits handled well David's ugliness, 
we would be quicker or more ready to restore our own. If we were more honest about David um, killing uh, Uriah, is that the right? Did I get that Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. That he orchestrated a murder. Yeah. And covered it. Um, So it just, yeah. I I think if we were more regularly honest about, I've been watching The Chosen. Here's the... Our weekly chosen our plug. weekly chosen plug, getting to know how you know how the director and the author of the chosen depicts Peter in particular is stunning to me. I I've always kind of identified with Peter, and um, Peter is clearly in the chosen. He's an ass. In in and and we need to put the explicit lyric on the <laughs> podcast this week. <laughs> I mean, Peter at the end of Christ's. Um, life. He he takes a sword, he pulls a sword and cuts a man's ear off in defense of Jesus. So he's missed it completely, you know, what Christ is headed towards and what Christ expects of him. I just, if we were more honest about the radical, redemptive work of God in these people's life, Paul stood in authority over Stephen's stoning. I, we'd be quicker to restore. I'll be done. Yeah. yeah, I think I don't disagree at all. And at the same time, we need to be really careful about David and American leadership. Sure. Like, Fair. <laughs> from, like, Gordon is no the David. root of Jesse. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. The Messiah is coming out of his line. God's work and redemptive <laughs> right. through the man of one specific David. Right. And how he was treated, a man after God's own heart. I just want to be really careful about looking at the broader sin of Ravi is not from, the Messiah is not coming out of Ravi's line. And he could be treated totally different by the church, biblical, you know, certainly there's examples to learn from from David, God's use of, of him, you know. But there's a, I mean, that's such a unique, you know person well, in position. And I'll, Gordon McDonald's story is really rare. I mean, if oh, all to the restoration yeah. portion, if, if all yeah. that's true about Ravi, Ravi should be in jail prison. If he were still alive, he criminal charges near as I can tell and should be in jail. So the, the, um, the work of restoration is a really tough work. Um, and, and sometimes people don't have enough time in life to get the work to done. To get the work done. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. why Gordon's story is so phenomenal is the work restoration got done. He was actually ready again to serve in that role. And that's just not always the case. The work is a grueling work. You know, imagine what it was like to serve under him and to be on that staff. Mm. Wow. I mean, you know, like <laughs> it would just be difficult. Yeah. Be well, a lot of his family was involved in the leadership of the organization, which is certainly. Are we talking is, about Ravi? No. Uh, McDonald. Yeah, you oh, were McDonald. Talk, he was talking about. Yeah, sorry, I was talking, I was talking about, about McDonald. I was yeah. talking about Ravi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about you know, just coming into work and sitting in a meeting, and you know, just like wow, like you would have to. It would grow you. It would. It and, would grow and, uh, you. And to your point, Matt, the whole church had to be brought along. The whole church had to learn to value restoration. Had to understand the the work of restoration. Right. What exactly are we affirming? How are we vetting his progress? And that's it's very complex stuff. But this is, I mean, it's all the you know the point of your sermon. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. It's like, I'm not that guy. Mm -hmm. Like, he's going to come back here? That guy's going to come back here? Do you know what he did? Right. Right. Come on, guys. We can find someone better, more holy. Like, Mm -hmm. man, it would be tough, but it would be beneficial. All right. Well, that's uh, all the questions we have for you today. But if you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text the next little podcast, 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that Scripture is a primary means for getting to know Him. And our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better. Strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the next level. Prophecy.